crustaceans, heat rash, vinyl, and doggy bidets, all today on the Booterverse. Hey everybody, welcome to the Booterverse podcast. If this is your first time joining us, we are glad that you are here. If you're back for a second round of loving, you won't be disappointed. We've got the guys from Imaginary Sounds, which is a musical podcast. And when I say musical, I don't mean anything from Rodgers and Hammerstein or Andrew Lloyd Webber. They're going to be talking about vinyl culture. Let's see what's on their turntable and give it a spin. We've got Judy Scheinbaum back with us, and of course, Vasily is going to be reporting from the Ukraine. You've just entered the Booterverse. Today's episode is brought to you by the Narwhal, the Harry Potter of the sea. And now for news in my orbit. It's summer, and once again, life is hard for a convicted pool float molester. A man was arrested last Wednesday after a shocked lifeguard saw him performing intimate acts with a pink styrofoam noodle. This marks the second offense for the troubled man, who was recently released from prison from a 2011 charge that he had sexually assaulted a raft. It also has come out that he was arrested in 2002 for public indecency with a large plastic pumpkin. In a brief statement, he begged for understanding, saying that he had an issue with things you can blow. In local news, firefighters answered a call to help rescue a man from a tree in his own front yard. The 50-year-old man had tried unsuccessfully to free himself and, according to the police report, appeared, quote, quite intoxicated. Once safely back on solid ground, the man had only one comment in his defense. Meow. A wealthy socialite recently fell into our orbit and drew ire from the park-going public when she turned a drinking fountain into an impromptu doggy bidet. Having just relieved itself, the pooch was in need of some freshening up. One can only wonder what the poor dog had done to merit such an intense hindquarter flushing. After several minutes into the procedure, the offender was called out by a passerby. Apparently, this prompted a small amount of post-rinse guilt, whereby the woman warmed one would-be sipper by shouting at him as he leaned over the fountain. There is still no word on how many other people averted fecal disaster. Here at the Booterverse, we have to ask the question, what do you do when you can't afford premium seafood? Well, of course, you smuggle it out of your local grocery store in your pants. A woman was busted for literally pocketing seven lobsters valued at $84. She told law enforcement officials that she intended to trade the crustaceans for either painkillers or Chinese food. A policeman who responded to the incident replied that he had never before found himself in the midst of so much quality tale. Buddha. Today's episode of the Buddhaverse is brought to you by Hipster Haircuts. A haircut so delightful, it makes the Hitler youth go, Heil yeah! Buddha. Here on the Buddhaverse, we take international situations seriously. That's why we have a man on the ground in the Ukraine. For our segment, Back in the UU Ukraine... Vasily Krapov. Vasily, thank you so much for being here. It's great to have you. Let me tell you, Emery, good to be here. Thank you, second show. Good for you. You're tracking alonging. Beautiful, beautiful timing. Loving it, loving it. Thank you so much, Vasily. It's uh, great to have your support. Uh, what is going on in the Ukraine? 
Let me tell you, Emery, it's same thing always going on in Ukraine. Ukrainian karaoke. Loving it. I am killing it. We had a contest last weekend for the karaoke. Let me tell you, came in third place. The person who coming in first place, she was a little bit of a, how you say, bad. <coughs> I don't mean to swear on show, but let me tell you, she very good. What did she sing? Well, let me tell you, she's singing Aretha Franklin, uh, Respect, R-E-S-P-C-K-T... You know the song, the, the, with the respecting song, yes? So what is happening in terms of the international situation, the turmoil that's going on? Turmoil, let me tell you, I don't know what this turmoil is you're talking about. Let me tell you, only turmoil we have was uh, the twins, okay, tried to enter contest at same time. Uh, you know the Bosch twins? They are very good but sneaky people. And they tried to enter under the same name. Bed, bed, bed twins. I don't really know who those are. You don't need to know who Bosch twins are. Let me tell you, they are just bedding egg. Okay? Is that what you say, bedding egg? They are like from Turkey behind. Alright? That is what they are doing. And they are tricking and trying to cheating contest. We do not do the cheating contest with the karaoke. We have three sacred things in Ukraine. One of them, karaoke. The other one, well, we like the hen. I don't know why they're sacred. It is just being culture, okay, for you. I'll keep that in mind. Is there anything of, of a cultural importance that you want to share with the, with the viewers about the Ukraine? Of course, I love the talking Ukrainian culture. Very beautiful place, uh, right by Black Sea. Some people say, oh, Black Sea, we don't like it. But I say, be open, be honest. Diversity, good thing, okay, for you. Diversity, beautiful thing in uh, the world and in America. So the Black Sea, good place. I have uh, the, the beluga caviar that I fish myself. And this is what I eat for breakfast every day with eggs and um you know, the, what you call the pig, the pork, the, what you call it with the stripping of the porking? What do you call this thing? Bacon? Yes, of course, yes, I like the bacon with the caviar and the eggs. Beautiful boarding breakfast. That's what we call Ukrainian breakfast. And um, also, when I am eating breakfast, I having, uh, uh, listening to Ukrainian folk dancing. Oh, well, that's, that's kind of a cultural thing. I, I support uh, folk dancing, I suppose. What is it kind of like? Oh, let me tell you, people are dancing crazy timing. I actually turn on uh, the music television in Ukraine and they have the women in the peasant skirts and the very nice with the bells on. I like it. And they go jingly, 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 jingly. Very nice. Vasily, as usual, I don't know that I'm following. Listen, you don't need to follow. All you need to know is pretty women, ugly skirting, making bell-shaped noises. Okay, it is like MC Hammer in music video. Okay, he put his, the, the crazy pants on like the Ukrainian folk dancing skirt. Okay, and then he does in this moonwalk, right? This is this MC Hammer with the moonwalking. No, uh, Vasily, I think the moonwalk was... Michael Jackson. Oh, yes, of course, Michael Johnson. I like him very much. Yes, you say Michael Jordan? Yes, I, he's a big family. Big family. I know this thing. That's right. He has a lot of brothers, the Jackson Five. I'm sure you've heard of him. Let me tell you, big story here in Ukraine. Let me tell you what. The Jackson noses seem to be shrinking. I don't like to talk about it. I'm sure they don't like to talk about it. But let me tell you, it's kind of like Ukrainian border. It is just getting smaller and smaller as they go on. I don't know what's happening, but people should help. Vasily, it's a personal choice. Let me tell you about personal choices. I was sailing on the Black Sea for you, and I was in the, getting the beluga caviar out of water, and I think I see a big storm coming in. The waving was getting very high, and I think, oh no, I can save the caviar or disco ball hanging from mirror of boat. Why do you think I save? I 
think you saved the caviar? No, of course not. I saved disco ball because what? You can never have too many disco ball. Bright light shining, wonderful. It is again like the disco fever. Not like Scarlet Fever, but again, very close. That's right. I remember you talking about how disco fever was like Scarlet Fever that you gave to the Russian troops. No, I don't give them. I like Russian troops. Good people. I like them a lot, okay? They come to my house. I give them the breakfast of champion, of Ukrainian champion. Lovely. They have in the egg, the beluga, and the, the pork, bacon pork. Listen, I don't want to ruffle feathers, like feather of hen, which is national bird of Ukraine. Anything else going on in your lovely town? In a few short weeks, we have national championship for disco fever. So uh, stay tuned for this. Big thing going on in Ukraine. We are up against some very stiff competition, and this time Vladimir Putin not involved. All right. Thank you so much, Vasily. We'll touch base with you soon. That was Vasily Krapov in the Ukraine. Today's episode of the Buddhaverse is brought to you by the question, huh? Buddha. On the Buddhaverse, we like to bring to you people from far and near, and I can think of no one closer to me than my downstairs neighbor, Judy Scheinbaum. Judy's with us in a segment we like to call The Last Lung with Judy. Judy, welcome to the show. Emery, thank you so much. It's good to be back with you. Hello, episode two. I love it. I could tell you it is a beautiful thing. You are the gem in my crown. I want you to know it. I tell people all the time. Seriously, what do you want to talk about, doll? I'm here for you. Listen, I've been trying to quit the smoking after last week's episode. I just thought I needed to quit. And so I've got these nicotine patches everywhere. I look like I have the pox. But let me tell you, I'm going to be fine. Judy, I don't think you should have more than, like, one on at a time. Listen, I'm trying to quit. It's gonna be okay. Nobody said I couldn't have half a dozen. Nobody said it. So just leave me alone. All right, Judy, we can talk about something else. The heat is crazy and I have a Fakakta sort of heat rash. You have a heat rash? Oh, I know. It looks like New Jersey. Can you imagine having New Jersey on you? Oh, my daughter Eliza said I looks like I'm destitute of something. I don't know what that means, but I think it's bad. I'm more concerned about your health and your nicotine patches. Oh, don't worry about those, doll. I'm fine. A little nicotine here, a little nicotine there. Patchy, patchy, patchy. I love it. I'm fine. And seriously, I think that heat rash may have come from the poodle in 7A. I don't know for sure. That dog is always in the elevator. Speaking of the elevator, did you see what happened the other day? The elevator went kaplunk. I had to walk up two flights of stairs. Can you imagine me? I was huffing and puffing more than the magic dragon. It was a disaster. I had to call the super, and he said, well, what do you want me to do about it? And I said, listen, I'm Judy Scheinbaum. You do what you need to do. I can't be walking up a flight of stairs every time something breaks down. This is America. We have technology for a reason. That's right, Judy. We do have technology, but it only is one flight of stairs. Listen, I get winded going to the refrigerator, let alone going up a flight of stairs. So you need to watch your mouth, young man. Right. Okay. Judy, do you have anything to put on the heat rash? Well, my doctor gave me some stuff, but I only let him apply it, if you know what I mean. <laughs> That's disgusting. Listen, it's life. I'm a woman, he's a man, I love it. I know, Judy. Are you dating him? Listen, I haven't dated anybody since 72. It's better that way. I'm sure if there are any available suitors out there for you, uh, they can get in touch with you. I don't know how they'll get in touch with me. I don't have the internet. 
and I don't do the tweeting or the twitting or whatever you call it. I don't do the insta-facing or anything like that. I'm an old-fashioned girl. Speaking of dating, how is your daughter? She hasn't been out on a date, but apparently her dance card is open. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Judy, I, I think we've been through this. I'm not interested in dating your daughter, even though she's a very lovely woman. I tell you, Eliza is a perfect catch, and who wouldn't want me for a mother-in-law? I'm a gem. Indeed you are. Well, Judy, thanks so much, and I do hope your rash clears up. Me too. And let me tell you, once this heat wave is over, I'm going to be doing much better. Thanks again to Judy Scheinbaum. This has been The Last Lung with Judy. Today's episode of The Buddhaverse is brought to you by Sandcastles. Sandcastles. Here one hour, gone the next. Hey everybody, welcome to the Booterverse. On today's show, I have Sonny Crooks and Jacob Dixon here from Imaginary Sounds Podcast. Hi guys, how are you? How's Good. it going, man? Thanks. I am delightful as always. Now, I brought you on the show to talk about a very sensitive issue, vinyl culture. Mm, mm. What is vinyl culture? Um, I think there's a band called Vinyl Culture, but is that is that what you're talking about? You've probably never heard of them. It's fine. No, I'm not much of a music aficionado. That's why you guys and your music podcasts are so influential. Well, sweet. That's I'll take that. <laughs> yeah. And by influential, <laughs> a good I mean I listen to it. <laughs> awesome. It I'm, influences your, your musical tastes? His that, bats. I actually have what you, I do. Uh, it's very soothing. <laughs> it's like on that third third hour of your podcast, and it's like, oh yeah, this is this is the good stuff. You're good and pruny at that point. Yeah. It's just yeah, the when cuticles. I think about you, I touch myself. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> No comment on that one. Uh, a lot of people know I have a beard, and so do you guys. Any beard grooming tips right off the bat for people? Do you, mm. do you groom your beard? Oh, yeah, man. Oh, yeah. I, I have just, a brush and everything. Yeah. I just let it go. I use uh, jojoba oil. Ooh. Jojoba. <laughs> I don't even know what that word means. Oh, it's spelled J-O-J-O. Sometimes when I go to the store, I ask for jojoba oil. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you get it? Oh, that's a, that's a secret. <laughs> Only I and uh, Tom Selleck know. Oh. He uses his for a stash, but I don't like to. You break. got a nice stash. You got a better mustache than I do. Yeah, mm. I don't. I don't know that I could pull that off. I appreciate that for both of you saying it. Now, vinyl culture. Vinyl what, culture. What is it? Uh, I guess the the real answer is you know we're seeing a resurgence of um, of people that are collecting vinyl records. Um, the idea of this piece of art that's you know significantly larger, 12 inches for a, a full-length album, 7 inches usually are singles or short play EPs, 10 inches. And it's, uh, it, it's very much, when you say culture, I can't think of a better word for it because you know it makes me think of times where I've been at a store looking through old records and bonding with these old men that are doing the same thing, and we're swapping records. Have you seen this one? Have you seen that Do, one? Does size matter for the old men? <laughs> <laughs> I can't speak for them. Um, I feel like I would be doing them a disservice. For me, size does matter. Mm, um, excellent. Good to know. 12 inch or nothing. Wow. I'm uh, not big specific. on the 7 inches or the tw 10 inches even. Wow. Still a little small. What about bigger makes it better? If you have to ask, you can It depends it. on what you're talking about. Okay. What are you talking about? I'm talking, well, vinyl, I mean, it really, as long as it's vinyl, it's fine. Like, I mean, the, the bigger it is, the, what is it, the slower that it, that it rotates? Yeah, 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 33 and a third. Right. And so that's actually going to affect the sound quality of the record that you're listening to. So it actually does make a difference, the, the size of the vinyl, mm -hmm. which is interesting, yeah. Yep. 
That is interesting. I see. I had always heard that size didn't matter, but now you guys are telling me different. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take your advice and go with what you guys have. So how did the vinyl culture start to resurge in today's world? I think it was bound to happen. I think if you look back at all the other fads, sort of in American history, especially. I mean, in, in the 70s, everybody wanted to be back in the 50s, and, and Greece came along and, and sort of uh, made that possible for everybody. And so everybody gets nostalgic. Even some people for things that they were never around to really experience, and I think it's just come around now that um, that vinyl has become popular again with people. Well, and I think that also from a fidelity standpoint, you know, you've got vinyl is going to, you know, with a cassette tape, you've got tape hiss, right? So there's these these perfect imperfections when you're listening to it that lend to the experience of it. One of my favorite things about listening to a record versus putting on an album on. Uh, on an iPod or on my computer is I'm it's not easy to switch tracks or to skip tracks so you're you're committing to at least one full side of the record and then if, of course if you flip it at the at the turning point then you know the full album and so you're taking it more as it's intended than being able to say you know oh I, I don't care for this song as much click click now I'm on the next one so it's more intentional uh, in the way that you approach actually sitting down and listening to it. Oh, and like a playlist on a, on an MP3 player or your iPod or whatever, you can't just delete the songs you don't like. You have to sit down mm-hmm. and experience the entire thing throughout. I mean, obviously you can just listen to the first song and take it off, but for the amount of work that you just put in to put the, the vinyl on there, like, why do that? You mm-hmm. sit down with it, you, you take the artwork out, it's going to be like twice as big as a regular CD. You sit down, you read the lyrics, you read whatever notes are inside of it, you revel in the artwork and uh, enjoy yourself. That's what music's for. Well, who's primarily taking advantage of this? Who's going back and saying, <laughs> I want this CD, but I want it in vinyl? I think that that varies. Uh, I think that if you would have asked me that question five years ago, it would have been a much more specific group of people. But the people that I'm seeing now that are participating, especially with the advent of uh, Record Store Day and how pervasive it is in our culture now how it's becoming much more of an actual viable medium i think yeah. you know we're seeing there are people that i that i work with for instance that i would have never guessed that they would be into vinyl and they're the ones that are going out on record store day and you know spending their hard-earned money on some of these like collectors items and things like that but is um, it worth it and and the question is i i've heard and listen i'm not a music aficionado but I've heard where people will just take an MP3 and mm-hmm. press it to a vinyl. Does that still lend itself the same sound quality? The, the thing that's that, a little different. Okay, yeah. so I mean, yeah. like, because there are poser records out there. Yeah, sure. I mean, you can get bootlegs, and and you know, Think even the back most recent one would be the Mars Volta, Delouse, and the Comatorium. Sure, sure, we and and that. it's very possible to do those things. I mean, even back in like the 30s and the 40s, people would go and buy vinyl paint and pour it out in the lid of the bucket, which makes a disc, and they would actually have the music etched in, and that would be the way that they actually bootlegged vinyl. So people have been doing that for so long, but the problem is that you don't get that consistent quality yeah. out of that. You're, you're not gonna ha- it's going to be warped, or it's going to have some kind of issues or something like that. So this is really like the moonshine for the 21st century. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and the important thing to know is when you're talking about... Now, for the average listener, will you tell a difference? Probably not. But um, little known fact is that MP3s that you store on your computer, they actually degrade over time. The files lose bits over time. Whoa, 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 whoa. 
You mean my computer is not 100% what I want it to be? It's not always going to be consistent? No, those Ace of Base MP3s are gonna, like, in 10 years, it, you can't listen to it. Contrary to popular belief. That's why lossless is a thing, which lossless may not be a, a super common term, I think, but um, if you follow Neil Young and Ponyo, then, uh, <laughs> or have, whatever he calls it. It's Ponyo. Yeah. Ponyo. Um, lossless, that's why that's so desirable, is because these are files that don't lose quality they don't degrade in quality over time how have you guys not degraded in quality over time because you guys are gems i think i'm still on the upscale mm. like uh on the upswing on, um, upswing yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. i think i'm still doing all right um, i haven't hit 30 yet once i hit 30 then it's downhill but yeah i'm still i'm climaxing on the upswing <laughs> so let's talk about the actual technical side of the vinyl uh, I hear they have even after-school programs where they talk about vinyl safety, where they teach you how to put it on, um, and so you don't hurt yourself. Is this something you're aware of, something you advocate for? Uh, I mean, I, like, like, put it on the turntable? I, well, I don't, is that what they're calling it these days, the turntable? There's a needle? The, right, yeah, you want that needle covered with the vinyl. I think, I think, I think so. I don't. I'm not sure. I'll have to talk to, to the guidance counselor at uh, the local high school, but I'm pretty sure they have programs to make sure kids are being safe. Safe safe with... With, with uh, vinyl. With vinyl making sure records. they're using, using vinyl properly. Vinyl records. Like I, music. I mean, I, they just called them vinyls, I think. I think that's mm. the term that they use. Huh. That's interesting. Mm. I didn't know about those programs. That's, awesome. that's awesome to hear that. I mean... Yeah, no, I'll, I'll check music in the this. schools. Yeah. I'm lost. Oh, okay. Well, let's, what? let's move on. Oh. Jacob? No, I'm still lost. Okay, all right. Jacob's still lost. How do you avoid sort of the the douche label when you walk into the record store and some young cheerleader thing, oh my gosh, like, why can't you just get that on the MP3? Like, how do you avoid looking like that guy? I mean, because we all know that guy. How do you avoid looking like that guy when you go into a record store and purchase that vinyl? I think that it's all about where you go, first of all. I agree with that completely. Um, you know, if you're going to your local record store, I don't think that you're going to see... I think that it's going to be more of a cultural hub, uh, or at least ideally I think it would be. You reference the movie High Fidelity, the John Cusack movie High Fidelity, if you want to <laughs> You'll know. feel right at home. You, yeah. Um, I love his sister, Joan. She, oh, she's hmm. a peach. Oh, she is. Um, but that's one of the, the biggest things about vinyl culture is because it's really about all those things that are sort of surrounding the vinyl, not necessarily the vinyl itself. It's, yeah. it's the stores where you go to and the things that you talk about with the, with the boy or girl behind the counter. Or the, 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 you know, sometimes weird people that you see buying those, like, old Captain and Tennille vinyls, and you talk to them and be like, why are you spending money on that? <laughs> um, I mean, it's all of these things sort of composited into very much a micro-culture. I'm pretty sure the Captain and Tennille got divorced recently, and I'd like to take a moment to do a little shout-out to the Captain and Tennille. I love you guys. On the high seas, there's nothing I want to listen to more than you two, and uh, I'm sorry it didn't work out, but let me tell you, those records... Still close to my heart. Did they just do pirate shanties? I never listened to Captain Intanil, so I don't. I don't know. I'm sorry, guys. It's so. a little difficult. No, it's a little difficult uh, to talk about. So if we could just move the on. wounds are fresh and deep. Let me tell you. Sometimes I don my own captain's hat and put that little gem on the turntable. Mm, mm, makes you feel right at home. Uh, I'll say that one of my favorite things about vinyl culture is the hunt. You know, because mm-hmm. I can very easily go on eBay like. If there's an, a record that I'm looking for that I want to find, I can very easily go on eBay and find it, and I'm going to pay 
<clears throat> you know, depending on what it is, anywhere from, I mean, you can find them pretty inexpensively, but there's one record, for instance, uh, called Ghosts of the Great Highway by a band called Sun Kill Moon. Um, that is an album that I would love to get on vinyl, but it is very hard to come by because there was only one pressing, and uh, so it's very limited. Is it kind of like a Gutenberg Bible? I would imagine so. Mm. Um, a used copy goes for about $300. Mm. And so will I find that out and about? Probably not. But I, you know, there was a time where Sonny and I went to the Peddler's Mall here in town, which is basically a flea market. I, and don't, I don't go there. I don't like fleas. I have dogs, and I just... You don't want to bring those home to your dogs. No, I don't. Um, but searching through the the records that they had there, I mean, you, you sift through a lot of garbage and a lot of crap. But we found some really cool stuff there that time. You could relate a lot to a, a lot of it to almost like uh, trading card collecting. I mean, mm-hmm. like when you're a kid and you are maybe Pokemon or, or baseball cards or whatever, you know, you have those cards that everybody wants. And so you buy more and more packs to get the ones you want. You go to more and more record stores. You look through more and more used records to find that that what Jacob calls that white whale, yep. um, which is sort of that one, that one record you've been looking for. It's kind yeah. of like ChristianMingle.com. There is that white whale that's there. <laughs> I don't think that you and want to draw a comparison. No, you want to don't find Don't call her the white find, whale. You want to find that. You, um, that is the gem that you're looking for. It's what you want. It's what you're looking for. One of the things I wanted to say real, real quick, too, uh, about you know having to go to these places and, and look for the vinyl is... Par for the course with something that's limited. With mm-hmm. with an MP3, you can copy that ad infinitum and put it on as many CDs as you want to, as yeah. many thumb drives as you want to, as hard drives. You can email it to everybody. With the vinyl, there's really no way to get that vinyl other than going to the store and exchanging currency for it, and you get that one copy. Kind you, of like you Bitcoin. can't you can't recreate it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. And that's something we've talked about at length. Absolutely, I th- and I think I think it's a, it's sort of a um, a phenomenon of capitalist culture. When you have something, especially in a time when most physical media is is going the way of of the dodo, you know, you you can't get those things. And so when you have a product that you can't create anytime you want to, I can't go out to Walmart and buy like a two hundred pack of forty fives and come home and like etch my own vinyl. I can't do that. It's right. not reasonable. It's not cost efficient. I don't have the time to do it. And so when you have something like that, that's instantly going to place value on the psyche of a capitalist culture. There's, there's actually, there was a point recently where there's uh, an album by a band called Over the Rhine that I love that they have never released on vinyl. And I looked online just to see what it would cost for me to press one copy of this. And it's literally almost, it's over $100. It was like $150 for me to press one copy of that. That's really interesting because if we're going to talk about protection, I would have thought that artists would want a lot of their music on vinyl. I mean, because that actually saves their product and people are actually Mm -hmm. paying for their product. But I would imagine it also limits the availability to, to get their message out. So where where do we find a happy medium? I think I hopefully there will come a time where more people have turntables in their houses. and uh, Two turntables and perhaps a microphone. Microphone, maybe, hopefully. But I think when it comes to that point, I think people will be releasing a lot more vinyl. And every year you see more and more and more... Uh, artist. I mean, Lady Gaga has vinyl. I mean, you yeah. can buy her, and and she's one of the most popular musicians. Two well, I wouldn't really ago. call her a musician, but she one of the most popular people out there on the Two radio. Two years ago, uh, Avenged Sevenfold put out a 
for Record Store Day. It was the uh, Call of Duty Black Ops right. picture disc. It's a picture disc, which just goes to show you that money's got its grubby fingers on the, on yeah. the vinyl oh, already. Yeah. already. It's getting there. It's she getting has there. her fingers on the, well, the, the sample curved edges. This isn't new. You know, mm. vinyl made a res- really started its resurgence in the 90s. I mean, you're talking about it was an underground... Um, it was inexpensive because people weren't doing it. It was inexpensive to press your album on vinyl. So a lot of local bands, a lot of smaller bands were pressing on vinyl so they get their music out there because it was less expensive than digital um, at that time. Like everything in the 90s that was good and holy, I like to thank Courtney Love. Is Courtney Love responsible for the vinyl resurgence? I mean, she does a good job of killing things, so I would imagine that she'll be the harbinger of the apocalypse for vinyl. Wow, too too soon. Speaking of killing things, you talked about the hunt, the very the very essence of hunter-gatherer civilization. Yeah. Is this the new, you know, wilderness and you are out on the hunt? <laughs> For us at least. Yeah, I mean, I think it takes a certain person. You I mean, you kind of have to be into the music enough to really care. And I I completely understand when other people, you know, don't sure. care to go into the vinyl uh collecting habit because First of all, it, it is kind of expensive sometimes. And second of all, if you're not into the music, that's fine. That's understandable. Sure. Well, not everybody enjoys the hunt like we do. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of this stuff, you can find brand new copies of it. Like I said before, you can go on Amazon and you can buy it for 20 or 30 bucks. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to something older, like when I was collecting all of Springsteen's albums, yeah, I could buy those brand new and spend a ton of money on them. But I'd rather find a good quality old copy of it that I spend five bucks on. For me, I'm I'm just trying to maximize my purchases. And it feels good when but you, it's fun when you find that album you've been looking for, and it's like fifteen or twenty dollars cheaper. Than oh yeah, like the one that you, you found the other day. Yeah, yeah. That I keep trying to get you to give me. So no, not gonna do that. Well, you guys, again, I think in this in this after school program, they talk about not sharing vinyl. I think you want to keep that for yourself. Actually. I don't, it's funny though because that's another part of it, and just like the trading card analogy. You can, it's a physical thing that oh, you yes, can... Oh, yes, it's very physical. That's what I'm, not my understanding. It's a physical thing that you can give a person, you can trade. Any collector is going to be into bartering for something yeah. that they want more. So is there some another sort of, aspect of it. Is there some sort of inoculation that people should get when they're bartering, trading this for that? Hmm. Sort of swapping, if you will. Like metaphorically? I don't know. You tell me. You're the expert. Um, I'm lost again. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I think the after-school program really kind of touches on how you want to stay safe in the vinyl culture. Now, if we are talking about the vinyl culture, I don't think you can escape the notion that hipsters have also gotten their fingers all over this lovely part of the industry. Now, I'm not saying you guys are hipsters. I would never make that connotation because I know how much that hurts you. (laughs) But I, I have to ask, what separates the hipster... From the true record aficionado and music lover. Best description I've ever read of hipster is uh, a soldier of fortune of fashion. So, you know, hipsterdom, if we want to call it that, is this idea of taking the best from what's around, but not ever having context for it. Does that make sense? I think at this point, hipster has just become an umbrella term for anyone who's alternative. alternative. Yeah. I mean, it's just an overgeneralization that people use because they don't understand something. Well, as a, as a person who loves overgeneralization, I love the term. Jacob, <laughs> you had some thoughts. Yeah, what, what I was going to say is, I always, in my mind, find hipster to be synonymous with douchebag. And so, in my mind, somebody that is a hipster 
is somebody that takes those things that separate themselves from the masses. So whether it's their style or their music taste or their whatever, dot, you know, fill the, fill in the blank. Yeah. They use that as leverage to make themselves feel superior to other people. So if if we were to take our music taste and I would feel like I'm better than you and I would treat you as though I'm better than you because your music taste in my estimation is inferior. That to me is hipster is this mentality of superiority based on whatever it is that you identify yourself with. And if you do that, don't do that anymore. Stop. That's really bad. Wow. I I mean, I think this is a PSA against hipster culture, but still in support of vinyl culture. And that's that's why I love not, it. Not not against necessarily... I, I want to put that out there. Not oh, against hipster yeah. culture. Just don't be a douchebag. Mm, yeah. That's not so hard. And it's easy, it, you know, because there, the lines between the two can be blurred at times, it's very easy. And that's why it's a touchy subject for me is because I get called a hipster all the time because I... You know, the glasses that I wear and the, my beard and my taste in music and things like that. But I don't try to find, you know, I, I don't act as though I'm superior to other people with it. I just, I like what I like and I'm fine with that and I'm comfortable with myself. Um, so that word, I feel like, carries a certain connotation that I don't necessarily want associated with myself. But I don't know. I can't speak for Sonny. If people want to call you something, if they're going to call you something, I guess his, hipster is one of the least bad things that they could call you. Yeah, I guess I have been called worse. Yeah. It is a labeling sort of culture, and how do we deal with labels? I mean, we used to call them record labels, right? Isn't that a term still used in the industry, sure, a record sure. label, even though records aren't necessarily in vogue with with the masses? Sure. It's interesting that that term has sort of you know, stayed true over over time. Do you think that is because of the quality of records, or do you think people just didn't know what to call? I mean, I guess you could say music executives or or, or, some, mm. or, or late just labels, but it seems like record label that term still has some cachet. I think it just rolls off the tongue. Yeah, it's it's something that at the time when it was coined, records were the you know the medium. Um, I, I can't imagine calling them like. MP3 labels. <laughs> Cassette tape labels. Yeah. Well, speaking of different kinds of technology for audio recording, what about the 8-track? Why has the 8-track really not had the resurgence? Why did VHS beat out beta? I mean, who knows? I think it just has to do with the engineering of the technology and how it's ease of use. Um, also, the limitations of the format. Um, if I'm, If my memory serves me correctly... Um, a track doesn't have quite the quality of the cassette, and it also doesn't have the length of time that a cassette does. Mm. So we want something that lasts longer and is a better quality, and not necessarily bigger. Right. Again, which size mm. in the eight track doesn't matter so much as it may with vinyl. Sure. Sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I guess it's not in in that reference. It's not the size so much as what you're able to do with it. Right. And it's, I think a lot of men might gravitate toward the eight track rather than the vinyl. I have an eight track player in the room with us right now, so <laughs> you do. I never noticed that. I did not know we were in the presence of such a sprightly piece of technology. <laughs> uh, if you'll just give us a moment, we will sort of play around with that, and uh, we'll be right back. We are back with Sonny and Jacob talking about vinyl culture. You mentioned something that not a lot of people may know about, but it was Record Store Day. What is this exactly? Is this in every town? How does this work? Um, record Store Day is basically a celebration of all things vinyl. Is it a parade? No, it's not. It takes place at your local record store. There's not any kind of mandatory participation, but it's obviously something that they want to get on board with. 
Um, and what you see is a lot of bands will release usually like rarities and very, very special limited items on those days. Is it when they release the fox and the hunt begins? The, the, the very yeah. well... No, this is like... This is like Christmas morning for vinyl enthusiasts. One of the things is you you never know what that particular store that you go to uh, for record store day. You you never know how many of that copy of the the vinyl that they're gonna have. Well, they're definitely gonna have a million of the Flaming Lips, whatever the Flaming Lips is releasing at that time. Right. Uh, <laughs> but a lot of the other things, they might have only gotten three copies of it, and by the time you're in the door, all of them are gone. Mm-hmm. So you didn't get a chance, and and so it's. It's almost sort of a gamble in a way, too, which is part of the fun. And talking about the hunt in the olden days, men would gather together and go out on the hunt. Yeah. And that sort of uh, creates a sense of camaraderie. Mm -hmm. How do we balance the camaraderie with the sportsmanship of finding that one vinyl? One of my favorite aspects of Record Store Day is the line beforehand. Depending on when you get there, usually the record store will open at, let's say, 9 o'clock. People start lining up four or five o'clock in the morning, depending on what city you're in. But what's really cool is when you're standing in a line for that long, invariably you're going to start talking to the people around you. And um, there's been many times where you say, oh yeah, I'm wanting to get my hands on this specific thing. And the guy you're talking to say, oh yeah, I'm hoping to get my hands on this. And then you go in and just so happens that the guy you were talking to found the record you're looking for. And he'll be like, hey man, I found what you're looking for and, and give it to you. And Suddenly, you're helping each other find things. I think of one of my favorite Record Store Day stories was a couple years ago, Josh Ritter, who's one of my favorite artists, was getting ready to release a new album called So Runs the World Away. It wasn't slated to be released for another month when Record Store Day rolled out. But then we found out that he was actually releasing it on vinyl a month early in limited quantity for for Record Store Day. Uh, CD Central got one copy. And I was I managed to get my hands on that, and so I had that album a full month before the actual album released, and I was able to hear it on vinyl before anybody else even heard the MP3s of it or anything. Again, physical product, you have something to show for it. Like if if somebody's like, "Do you have that album?" Other people would have to be okay. It's on my phone. Hold on, just a second. Let me. Oh, Spotify is not loading. That means I don't own it anyway. Oh, I didn't put it in my music library. With an album, you have the physical copy, and you can look at it, you can give it to someone and say, here, check this out. It's kind of like bringing your speared boar home to the family to Mm -hmm. roast uh, for for that family meal, that family get-together. Absolutely. Absolutely. Instead of bringing home a recipe. Correct. Well, I mean, here on the show, I don't know if people know that. I'm a big fan of both uh, Betty Crocker and the inimitable Julia Child, so please... Mm. Mm. uh, God, God, God rest her. R.I.P. Peace, Julia. Back to Record Store Day. How many women are involved in this vinyl culture? More than you would think. I make no assumptions. It's a pretty level playing field. I would say it's field. pretty even, yeah. There, you know, in my experience, I tend to find that more, I guess, and I don't know if this is a regional thing, but more men tend to be interested in, in vinyl culture, but I, I know my fair share of women that, that love records and that um, go out and join the hunt, if you will. Absolutely. It's it's a great testament to the 21st century that women can get their hands on such lovely 12-inch vinyl as, as the men can. So yeah. it's really a, a kind of an equalizing sort of a thing. And they can vote now too, right? I believe so, yes. Uh, <laughs> I'll have to check my constitution, which I carry in my back pocket. 
uh, as does Glenn Beck, so we've got that in common. <laughs> um, one thing that's really cool, too, is you see a lot of color variants, special editions. Whoa, whoa, Jacob, I don't see color. <laughs> you just see black and white. Listen, I do not, again, I do not make any assumptions. I don't judge something based on its color. You can get the standard black, um, but if there's a color variant, I'm, you know, last year for Record Store Day, Junip released their new album, and uh, the the special edition that came out on Record Store Day was actually a blue marble color variant. These, if you buy it now, it's just a standard black. These special edition records are sort of getting out of hand, and this is something that we've been sort of talking yeah, about. It's a double-edged sword. Um, Jack White has his own record label called Third Man Records uh, that he releases a lot of uh, limited edition singles that you know he invites these artists in and they record a song or two. Um, but he made a record a couple years ago <laughs> that was hollow so you can see through it and it's got a liquid in it like a fish tank in like a pair of 70s heels yeah. except you couldn't fit a fish in it because it's a, it's still like thin well what about like a miniature like a miniature fish you can maybe put a dime in it i see yeah so perhaps a small beta guppies fish guppy right yeah perhaps a guppy. um he also did something that's actually really cool but maybe a little pretentious uh, let me go on record as saying the Buddhaverse loves some Jack White, so tread carefully, my friends. <laughs> Depending well, on who you talk to, this is either really cool or a little bit over the top. Yeah. Um, but one of the things about playing a record is, I mean, you've got this ritual of putting it on the on the the wheel and then taking the needle mm. and dropping it down. Putting that needle right in there, right in that hole, in the groove, right, in, in the, the groove. groove. Wow. And you yeah. want it to stay there, or does it automatically just stay there? I mean, it stays in there. Unless your record player's broken. Yeah. One of the special things about this particular record that I thought was interesting is that um, depending where you drop the needle down on the record, it could play a song that you might not have realized was there before. Because the grooves sort of go beside each other and you can't always tell that maybe there's a song in between all the other grooves. Uh, and I thought that was actually pretty cool. I think it's interesting that you can do a lot of different things with vinyl. A lot of people would assume that vinyl was a one-stop shop, and here somebody's doing something a little different with it that you wouldn't expect. Yeah, and, and more more than anything, it's kind of a, um, a trophy, if you will, because the liquid-filled vinyl, I think that they even said that you can't, you shouldn't play it. Because you run the risk of puncturing it and the liquid getting out. It's kind of like the waterbed of vinyl records. And I think any kid that grew up in the late 80s and early 90s knows waterbeds are not anything to play around with. I had one. They're not great. Yeah. Uh, one of my back. One of my favorite uh, special edition things was uh, a band called Shout Out Louds uh, a year or two ago. They actually made a... Instead of making a record... They made a mold that you actually poured water into, and you froze it, and then you put the ice on your turntable, and it actually made, the the mold had the grooves and such in it, so you actually were making a record out of ice that you played. You really only play, it was like a seven inch, so it was one one song on each side, but um, I thought that was pretty inventive, but Mm -hmm. potentially damaging to your equipment. Yeah, don't have a heater nearby. Sure, you want to do this in the dead of winter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Outside, Mm -hmm. preferably. Interesting. Get that extension cord. Mm. Go outside, play your music. Hopefully your neighbor (laughs) isn't out there to yell at you. (laughs) Or you have cool neighbors like we have. Well, you know, I don't know if you know, my neighbor is actually on the podcast earlier, uh, Judy Scheinbaum. I met her. Did you really? 
Yeah, she stopped me on the way in. She does that. Wait, is she the one that was trying to get you like hooked up with her daughter? Yeah, she kept mentioning her daughter. Uh, she was smoking. Oh, man. Judy said that she is quitting, but I, I don't believe her. I don't believe her at all. She brings some interesting stuff to the podcast. I'd love to listen to the podcast sometime. Well, you certainly can. Is it on vinyl? Sadly, no. Um, I'll probably never listen to it then. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> mm. well, Just is... kidding. Just no, kidding. no, that's that's fair. You are the niche audience that I'm trying to really keep happy, and so I will work <laughs> with my producer to to make sure that 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 can happen. Talk to Jack White, apparently. I bet he would press one for me. We should go to Third Man and do a podcast in that booth. That would be awesome. That that would be great. And then we would have a the first vinyl podcast. And speaking of the podcast you all do, Imaginary Sounds, why don't you guys spell that for me? So it's I-M-G-N-R-Y-S-N-D-S. Two words. What do you guys have against vowels? They're unnecessary. I mean, it's 2014, and yeah. why? Basically. You know, I mean, there's a reason that text speech is, the is all the rage, because you don't need those extra letters. Yeah. But also spelling bee is on well, the resurgence. So let's let's give spelling in, its due. I think that we realized that on Wheel of Fortune you always had to buy the vowels and we don't really have the money as beginners with the podcasting. We don't really have the money to buy the vowels. We can only afford the I. Well, I mean you guys started. Because without with that it's imaginary sounds. And um, what does that even mean? Imaginary. I don't even What know. does that even mean? I don't I have I have no idea. Yeah. But it's so. not my podcast. <laughs> well, now, what are you guys trying to do with your podcast? Because you're putting a lot of effort into it, and uh, you guys are, what, about six months into it? Is yeah, right? we just recorded episode 19, which uh, so we're coming up on 20, which is you know a bit of a milestone. It's kind of like the six-month anniversary. It's something that we love. Sonny and I have always just kind of sat around and talked music, and uh, it was suggested to us that we should try recording it, because people might want to hear us talk about it. Who suggested this? Was it your mother, Jacob? Did your mother suggest this to you? Yeah, I mean, I think she finally got sick of hearing us talk about it, so she was like, it's kind of like, here's a quarter, go call somebody who cares. <laughs> Take a picture, it'll last longer. <laughs> or just record a podcast. Well, it won't be forever, because apparently files degrade on it's your true. computer. That's true, I'm kind of worried true. about that. Um, no, but, like you, like Jacob said, uh, we would always sit around and talk about music for hours and hours, and uh, it was sort of this thing where... We wanted to kind of bring the things that we were learning and the things that we were listening to uh, to our friends and, and other people who might want to listen. Um, but other than that, we just try to be as entertaining and educational at the same time as possible. And, you know, try to get the word out on, on some of our favorite bands that have just come out or maybe some albums that never got a chance to be heard, never became the classics that we feel like they should have ended up being. Yeah. Um, and that's our opportunity, that podcast. So would you say this is a podcast for people who are music aficionados, or is this a podcast where people who want to learn about music can feel comfortable listening? Ideally, both. Ideally, you know, for those that would like to know more about specific genres or specific bands, you know, they would get the opportunity to listen to this, and in an entertaining way, we would be able to present that information to them. But I also like the idea that for somebody that is in the know about these bands that we're talking about, that they would still be able to glean something from it. So I like the idea that regardless of where you're standing in, in knowledge or lack thereof, that you're able to take something away from it and at the same time be entertained by it. Well, that's enough navel-gazing because I think if people know me, they know I want to gaze at no one else's navel but my own. The notion of what you're doing is, is great. How many other music podcasts are out there and what sets you all apart? There are a lot. 
I, and I, I listen to a couple of them myself. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest compliments we've received about our podcast is that people say, I feel like I'm just hanging out with you guys in the room. Mm-hmm. And I go to like say something and then I realize, oh, I'm listening to a podcast. That's, I mean, that's awesome. And, yeah. and I think a lot of other podcasts, um, especially music ones, um, don't really have that relaxed mentality to it. Well, gentlemen, I think that's it. Thank you all for being on the show. It is great to have you to sit down and talk to you on my microphone. Please don't get it dirty. Well, thank thank you you for having us. This is, I think I've ever been on this side of the interview, uh, and it's fun. Yeah, it is. Great. One thing we want to throw out there is how people can get in touch with us um, if they want to. One thing that we really enjoy doing is taking recommendations uh, for records to listen to and uh, sort of talk about on the podcast. Uh, if you want to get to us and, and, and give us a shout out, let us know you like the podcast or hate it or, or recommend something, you can reach us at on Twitter at IMGNRYSNDS. Uh, email podcast at IMGNRYSNDS.com. Well, I think what people are most interested in is what is your Tinder account name? Uh, you guys you guys are on Tinder, right? Yeah, it's... Um, Long Walks on Beach 87, I think. Mine's Booty 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 69. Well, there you have it. Booty 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 69 and Long Walks on the Beach 87. Thank you guys for being here. We'll see you later on the Booterverse. Buddha. Thanks, everybody, for listening. If you want to get in touch with me, the best way is to go to the website, thebooter.com. Or you could follow me on Twitter, at thebooter. I hope we can interact soon, because hearing the sound of my own voice just isn't enough. Well, we've made it to the end. I'd like to send a special thanks to Sonny and Jacob for being on the show. It was great to have them on our second episode. I'd also like to thank Quadrants, who composed the Booterverse theme song. And, of course, a thanks to you, the listeners. Thanks for being a part of the Booterverse. I'll see you later, and always remember, unlike other forms of interstellar travel, the Booterverse is only a click away. Mm-hmm.